Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You are now listening to the Dual Position Podcast. The boys are back to talk all things super coach all season long. Please welcome your hosts, Whisperer and Brew. It'll help if I unmuted my microphone. How are we, mate? Yes. Good. Uh, welcome to the Dual Position Podcast. <laughs> I'll give you the intro. Yeah, I just I had the microphones muted. Just they look like an idiot. Hey, uh, what happened last week with you? Because your rank was, was it was in the right direction, and then uh, a certain Newcastle fullback, and I think uh, uh, a Newcastle a Newcastle fullback and a Dragons fullback definitely uh, hampered the the Brewbot order. Yeah, last Friday uh, ended my season. I think you'll find um, it completely ruined me. I. Pretty much didn't look at Supercoach the rest of the weekend. I watched the footy. I didn't check the scores. I, kn- I knew it was bad. Uh, Ramsey got me, I don't know, one point. Ponga got me six points. You know, I traded Ponga in. He's now out for the season. Uh, yeah, it is what it is. It's funny. Like, if it wasn't for this podcast, I probably would just stop playing. Like, <laughs> it's that bad. Like, I've got nothing. I've got no, I've got one trade and... I've got no depth and I've had four injuries in the last two weeks and it's it's just ruined me. Well, look, you mentioned you mentioned Supercoach not being ideal for you. FPL's back and I'll give it a quick plug. I'm on. I'm sure everyone knows who I'm on is. And I have announced today we're going to be doing uh, our own sort of little FPL pod. Nothing serious. Uh, it's the Hits, the Hits, Chips and Enablers podcast. Uh, pretty fitting for FPL. So if you play, uh, come over and check it out. I think first episode will be out. Monday, but nothing too serious. As for the Ramsey resurgence, we we were on cloud nine after captaining, straight captaining James Tedesco, uh, and he went off for a bang. Um, but then Ronaldo Molotalo, he kind of sucked. Um, a trade in of Scott Drinkwater. Obviously, on this podcast last week, I was I was all for the Valentine Holmes trade, uh, all all aboard him. And I just looked at it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go upside. I'm going to go points. Uh, Valentine Holmes. I don't feel he has a hundred in him. I think he's a very good 75, 80 kind of guy. I just don't think he's got that ton in him, uh, whereas Drinkwater, he does. And uh, yeah, sure as shit that Drinkwater got 30 and, and Holmes got 120 or whatever he got. and Not good. I mean, I didn't watch the game as a Tigers fan. Um, pretty happy by the sounds of it. I didn't watch the ending. I don't want to go back and watch the ending because it might make me infuriate. But hey, it, it is what it is. You live and learn. We dropped about 20 spots. So I think we're 173rd overall now. But making our final trade this week and... Yeah, let's let's sit tight and, and hope that we don't get battered with injuries because I don't want to use the two trades I've got in my kitty. Uh, but apart from that, teamless Tuesday dropped. Boy, never a slow day in rugby league, is there? No, not at the moment. Oh boy, uh, I'll just put it out there. I'm with this situation. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. If Brew and I give our opinions, if we're for it, if we're against it, people are going to hate us. If we're for it, people are going to hate us. If we're against it. 
I don't think we get anything out of it, uh, to be honest. So, you know what? You guys can have your debates in the comments or think to yourselves in the car, whatever's going on. You can you can think about the Manly players however you want. Um, this podcast won't be giving our opinion because it's not going to achieve anything. But in saying that, Ben Trevojevic, Christian Tupolotu, Hamel Olakawatu, Jason Saab, Josh Aloye, Josh Schuster, Tier 4 Sipley and Tulatel Kula will all not be playing this weekend. Uh, Burbo, I don't know why. Um, but the other seven boys, they are standing down for the obvious elephant in the room being the Pride jersey. Um, free to do whatever, whatever they want. As for Supercoach, they are out this week, and that is all that needs to be said. Stephen Crichton is out with half his ear still, you know, missing. Um, Rob Jennings comes in for him. Mitch Kenny's out. Charlie Staines, you know, that versatile bench forward option that Ivan Cleary's named on the bench. Look, I think Ivan Cleary's now taking the piss. I think he's going to sit there and go, you know, how weird of a team can we name and still get the job done? Because Charlie stays, Charlie stays on the bench. <laughs> nice. Might be possible someone gets rested. Yeah, look, I, I don't think that and stays he comes on. Into the side. I don't think it stays on game day. To be honest, um, Luai out. Big news with Joan Luai out for up to six weeks, but with a potential MCL injury. So, be very interesting, interesting to see how Nathan Cleary goes with his sort of performance. Uh, but Sean O'Sullivan steps in, who is, you know. We said it rounds one to three. I think he's the best backup halfback in the comp. So uh, a very, very good replacement to come in there. Um, Mark Nichols is out. Daniel Sluka Fafita, your boy for uh, from the Roosters, moving to the South City Rabbitohs. He comes in and starts. Uh, Dale Finucane is facing three weeks on the sidelines. Now, as we record this podcast live, um, I do have updates on my phone coming through. So if we do hear for anyone listening in the live chat, uh, we will give you an update on Finucane as a McInnes owner. Kind of hoping he gets suspended for three weeks, to be honest. Uh, but he's facing a three-week um, ban, but he's been named. Uh, KP, <laughs> he's done for the season, as as Brew alluded to earlier. He's traded in from last week. He's done. Uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon is out with a shoulder injury. That sees Brody Jones at 13, Barnett at 12. Just when I thought Mitch Barnett's season was done for Supercoach, you know, that that relevancy stock rises through the roof, and Ruben Cotter named on the extended bench, my man. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty big, big day in the league. Let's... I guess go over the manly thing that makes Manu and Tedesco just like absolute locks this week for me. Yeah, I'll probably use my last trade this week and get Tedesco. I was I was planning on just doing nothing, um, but obviously with the big political hoo ha that is the manly saga, um, that's what I'll just refer to it as because that's all it does is open up this political yep. debate, which we don't really need. In the NRL, no. Oh, if you want, if you want to hear people debate about it, there's plenty of other podcasts, plenty of other pages that will do it. Um, yeah, I just, I just, I don't see any benefit for us sitting here and discussing it because um, it's just going to piss people off either way, and I don't want to do that. Yeah, it's a lose lose situation. So, but Teddy's against a manly side that's reserve grade. I don't know if I can resist that. I've just never get it, get him in. I'll ride the season out with no trades. I'll slap the VC on him on Thursday night and hope for the best. I've played Supercoach for seven years. Um, I don't think I've ever straight captained someone. You know what? Could be a first time this week. Manly looking decimated. Um, before this news even came out, I was very much tempted to bench Garrick and Terry Evans because I have plenty of depth to do so. I am very much considering benching those two. Look, I'll probably end up playing, you know, uh, Pole or someone this week. My side is that thin. So good luck to you if you can reserve them. Uh, I probably would 
do the same. Well, I'll just maybe you- maybe Cherry Evans I might play, but I think I'd sit. I don't want to. I don't want to flex my team, but these are the guys that are not playing for me this week: Max King, Ruben Cotter, Cherry Evans, Garrick, and Talon May. All all those guys are not in my scoring team this week. So I think yeah, Garrick Garrick and DCA. Garrick with the goal kicking could be like a safe fifty, but. Playing Mitch Barnett over them, and now he's back on the edge. I mean, he's probably just like locked in for sixty points. So you know, it's it is what it is. Like last week, they mainly just did not look good last week, and now they're playing with a bunch of third stringers. So it's just, it's hard to put faith in them this week. That was the equivalent of no offense, but yeah, I'm going <laughs> to offend you very much with what I'm about to say. Hey, my team, my team is looking good. Like I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm very happy with with how it looks. Um, moving on to the most bought and sold number one, Payne Haas back. Payne Haas is back, baby. After done the shoulder, you know, had some time off with Origin and the AC injury, whatever. Uh, pumped out 100-plus last week with a try, so it takes that back down to, what, 70, which is kind of what we expect from Payne Haas. He's, he's definitely back. Um, I don't have the trades to bring him in. I was, I was looking at doing it. My trades are looking at Harry Grant, Payne Haas, Cam Murray, or Adam Dewey. And I just feel like, you know, in my position, we're going to try and chase some points, uh, try and push up into that top 100. And I just don't think Payne Haas is that guy. But you know what? Like he's just—he's definitely. If you can't afford Joe Tarpany, Payne Haas is that guy now. He's—he's he's back. Yeah, I agree. I, I get a lot of people obviously reach out on opinions, and I've always said with Lolo and Haas, you know, if you've come this far, just keep holding because eventually they're going to turn the screws and probably finish the season strong. So. Uh, Haas and Tamalolo, I still have that opinion. Just if you if you're at this point now, I don't see the benefit in selling guys like that. You know, sell a cheapie, nuff someone out, do an upgrade, but keep those guys because they they do have benefit. Would you? Are you surprised to see him number one most bought? Not knowing he doesn't have the the hugest upside. I mean, Payne Haas, you know, pro- probably probably won't score another try again this year, just based off averages. Are you surprised to see him as number one trading, or are you just happy with that safe with the safe floor of seventy? Oh, super coach is very reactive. You know, someone has a big week, they shoot up the ranks, so it doesn't surprise me given the caliber of the player. Um, but I do agree, if you're looking for a points differential, Haas isn't the guy. Um, but if you're looking to nullify going into head-to-head finals, for example, then. I, I see why you would do it. Number two, most bought off the back of his 150-point affair last week, James Tedesco. He was in everything. No Joey Manu um, last week, and he, he absolutely thrived. Manu was back this week, but Manu was named at centre. I don't think that's going to be a huge impact on Teddy, and it's hard. I mean, Troll Mitt is like really dominating, um, but Teddy is just that safe guy. He's done it year on year, and um, yeah, really, really impressed last week. And you know what? Before this, Before 24 hours ago, uh, he didn't have the best matchup, but yeah, honestly, like I said, could be a straight captain option for me this week. Yeah, look, there's always raging debate about who's the best fullback in, in I suppose, at rugby league in general. And Teddy's not the prettiest fullback. Like he, he's kind of an ugly fullback in many ways. Like he, but he's just effort. He's just always there. He follows the ball. He backs up. Like he, he's got a motor for days. Yeah, I think that's why he is the best fullback. Like he doesn't throw the the prettiest cutout ball like, you know, like a Latrell Mitchell could do or a Ponga could do, for example, but they don't put the effort in. Yeah, he, 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 does. he, he, he doesn't, have, doesn't have the speed of a Pappenhaus and doesn't have the probably the, mm. ball, the ball playing over Travojevic or whatever, but no disrespect to those guys. And I was very critical on Teddy. I thought Teddy last year was awful. I, I honestly thought he was starting to get on it, but availability is the best ability. And say what you want about Pappenhausen and Tedesco and, uh, sorry, Pappenhausen and Travojevic, whatever, but those guys aren't here. 
You know, that you can bank on them missing four or five games a year and Teddy just rolls up, you know, every week. He's there, 250 metres a game, effort, six, seven tackle busts a game. And yeah, he might not look the best, as you said, but man, like he's just he just continues to to be really good and I'm very much happy to go back on my word because I, I honestly thought Tedesco was getting over the hill last year and um, this year, yeah, he's just, he just looked incredible. And the emergence of Manu, I think, takes a lot of pressure off him as well. It does, doesn't need to do it all himself, but yeah, I mean, he's just, he's looked really, really good this year and I think he's going to be ageless. I don't think he, we're going to have a huge dropout, like a drop-off of, of his sort of production. Um, he's not going to be someone like a Minicello who suffered a lot of injuries and then just declined rapidly or a Turbo that, you know, has a couple of injuries and some speed could go away or Pappenhausen, you know, there's some issues with his uh, quickness coming back from a patellar injury. I just think Teddy's just going to churn them out. Um, number three is Fafita. It's not David, Jojo. We're now in round 20. Are we sure we need cash cows now? Like, I'd much rather just go to enough than try and make money off Jojo Fafita. I'd, I don't like this, trade. Look, uh, it's it's each way. There's some people that have 10 or 12 trades left. I know people like that. So God. in I that instance, you, you know, you get a playable asset that's going to make some coin. You're probably not going to use the coin, but at the same time, you know, you never know what you'll need down the track. So I kind of get it. But, you know, if, you, if you've got a deep squad, then just go a dual enough. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of, of this one. Uh, even still, like, I'm just... I don't want a cheapy Titan. But the Titans just don't look good, so that's another thing. Um, however, if I had the trades, I definitely want Val Holmes. Uh, fourth most traded option this week after a great game last week. Last week, I don't think it was a fluke. I mean, he has just been a guy, like one of the premium center wings this year, and my center wing is set, so I don't need to get him in, but, boy, I'd love to have him in my squad. I think... Pretty much every podcast on the planet last week spooked the idea of your your drink waters and your and your vowels and when Val turns up the very next week and bangs out a big ton, doesn't doesn't really surprise me no. that he's that he's high up on that list at all. Um, I know I told quite a few people to, um, to get Val, and they thanked me just quietly. I also told a lot of people to sit koala matangi, which I also heard about. So it's not all <laughs> sunshine and roses. So I hey, hey, the, wind, the winds are lost for that. that. The, the, the swing's coming roundabouts, my friend. Uh, number five, Cam Munster. Not really much to say here. Bye. Number six, however, Matt Burton. Now, Matt Burton was a guy in the preseason that you and I, we were really keen on, but we weren't keen until round nine, round 10. You and I said yeah. that we he wasn't really going to look good until he eased in. And I don't want to pat ourselves in the back here, but that's basically exactly what happened since round 10, round 11. He's looked sensational. The Bulldogs have looked a lot better as well, just quietly. But yeah, the timeline's really picking up. Matt Burton, boy, I really wish he started the season with center wing eligibility because he would have been a slam dunk pick. But in a kind of a crowded 5'8 spot, I can't bring him in, but he is looking really, really good. And so are the Bulldogs just quietly. I'll tell you what. If everyone who listens to this podcast had traded in all the people I said that I was going to buy, you'd be Burton, first. Yeah, Latrells, I'd be killing it. <laughs> I'd have no problems whatsoever. So Burton doesn't surprise me, as you said. You know, there was a few things that we pointed out early in the season. For the first ten weeks, the Bulldogs were a massive avoid. They were barely going to win a game, and then they, you know, get some wins together. I think I had them come in ninth when we did our rankings, and I and I pretty much said, you know, if they can just pinch a few wins early in the year, the the last, you know half of the season they'll win a shit ton of games they'll find some form and they'll get it together and, and that's what they're doing and and what I really like about them since Mick Potter took over is they're playing a nice brand of football 
It's not boring. There's they're plenty scoring, of attack scoring there. points. That's the big thing for exactly me. Exactly right. I, and Burton's a big part of that. And if they're scoring points, Burton's either going to score some or set some up, and he's going to have a pretty safe floor, I reckon. And, and from memory, the Dogs pretty much played all their hard games in those first 10 rounds. So I haven't checked their draw. Um, not really looking at buying any players for no trade, so I haven't really looked at it. But um, I think they got a fairly simple run home. So a guy like Burton, a massive pod option. I don't mind that at all. Yeah, I feel like the Bulldogs of years gone by are a side that you know could grind out a ten to twelve win. Whereas now, yeah. like looking at the side, looking at the guys like Adokar, um, TPJ, Raymond Fartella, Mariner, Matt Burton, like all these strike options, they're very much a side like their best defense is attack, and I, I don't think they're they're afraid to you know have a twenty six to twenty point game. Um, so they're they're very much on the front foot, and that's great for Supercoach because we don't get penalized for teams conceding points. We just want them scoring it. And the Bulldogs, yeah, since Mick Potter took over, have looked fantastic. Um, another side that have looked fantastic as well since uh, our return of Latrell Mitchell. Uh, I was very much fading Trell for the first not two weeks because, like I said, I expected him to come out and kill it against poor sides. Last week was the big test for me, and, and he still stood up. Um, has the Sharks this week, and uh, yeah, Latrell Mitchell is just. You know, everything's funneling through him for South Sydney, even though they have a poor draw. They're a side that can still put up points, and he is just definitely, yeah, having all that ball just funnel through. You get the ball to Cody Walker, and get the, and then Cody can get it to Trell, and then he's, he's just beating guys left, right, and center. So, Trell Met is just looking really, really good. Uh, I wish we could have more than two fullbacks, because I would definitely have this man, but even the goal kicking just adds another, you know, 15, 20 points to his score that wasn't there in, in years gone by. Kind of reminds me of elite Ponga, Ponga from a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, you know, tw- that like, goal-kicking like, yeah, option which pops up Ponga. 20. Yeah. And then he's always got that ability to back up the score. And, he, you know, if South scored 24 points, Latrell probably set up half of them for him. Like, there, there's another, you know, what, 40 points that he's going to get there, probably in assists and, and whatnot. So, yeah, he just reminds me of that. And if you go back to last year, the reason that you and I in the preseason were so keen on him was the way that he finished last season. Mm. Last season, he, it's kind of like a, a switch went off and he said, you know what, I can play fullback. I'm not a center that's playing fullback. I'm a fullback now. And I think he finished the season with three or four tons in the last four to six weeks or something like that. And it's just more of the same since he's come back from this injury and went to the States and got the conditioning and, and didn't rush himself back by any means. I think they actually held him out probably an extra two to three weeks to make sure he was good. He's come back looking like a million bucks. And, you know, next season, I think, Latrell's going to be in a conversation when we're talking about fullbacks because we're going to have two guys that would have broken legs and we're going to have Teddy and we're going to have Latrell Mitchell and we're going to be sitting there going, very, which two of these four are we going to take on? Very different type of fullback, isn't he, compared to the, the other guys that you mentioned. Just just a, like Pappenhausen, small, elusive, electric, Pat, Trevojevic, just big, rangy, great ball player. Uh, Tedesco, all effort, you know, Grits and grinds, 250 metres. Dylan Edwards, 300 metres a game, just carrying it out from the back. That's not Latrell's game. Latrell's game is, nah. you get me inside the 20 and I will rip teams apart. Latrell's just a brute. He's, he's just so strong. You know, he's got a little bit of footwork, but the rest of it's just power. He just powers his way into these positions where he can set up tries or it's, break it's through the, the line. Easy, it's the easy comparison, but it's, it's just GI, isn't it? It's, I know it's, I know it's, yeah, very, oh, yeah, that's it's good, very cliche, yeah. but it's just, it's just GI all over again. A little bit, yeah. That that's a good comparison. I like that. Yeah, um, number number uh, number eight most bought on this list, and I'm definitely looking at him, uh, Mr. Male Model himself, Cam Murray, looks to come back from his injury. You know, Cookie's sl- starting on the front foot a little bit. Cookie had 62 points, basically all in base last week. And I know Souths don't have a great run home, but for someone like Cam Murray, 
that's great, you know. Tough games, close. Demetrio's going to play in for big minutes through the middle. South are still battling for trying to get into the top four, so they're not going to rest guys uh, until it's dead and buried, and I think they could be pushing that right until 24-25, and Cam Murray's a guy that yeah, I'm really, really targeting because my second row is probably the weakest part of my team. I'm not huge on it. Um, for reasons previously stated, I still think that that runs hard. Melbourne are a bit busted at the moment, so I'd like to see a maybe a little bit of a truer test. Not saying that Melbourne aren't a test, but they're not the Melbourne of old at the moment. Um, I just, I just don't like the ceiling factor. I'd rather, like a, I'd rather a Madison or a Angus or a Olakwatu type where there's that chance of a try that pushes that you know sixty five to seventy type output that they have into that hundred. I just, I don't think Murray's going to get too many pies to finish. I could be wrong. Um, but I, I think he's just probably going to average 65 to 75 for the run home, which isn't bad. Joseph Sawali, number nine, I, I don't, I don't get, I know it's a, it's a very low number of trades. I think it's like 2% of trades that are done on Joseph Sawali, but I think we discussed him last week or the week before, so we don't need to go on about it too much. Not a guy I'd be looking to bring back in. A guy that I am looking to bring in, though, despite a month, I'd say, of poor scores, he... <sighs> Harry Grant, it's it's weird because like he's passing the eye test so much. Like you watch Melbourne and you don't own Harry Grant and you think like I am terrified. Whenever Melbourne have the ball inside the twenty, or whenever, you know, there's a quick play the ball and you see Grant there, like I am I am frightened not owning him. But it hasn't clicked for Melbourne, but they play the Warriors, they play the Titans in the next two weeks, like Boy, howdy, Bellamy puts a rocket up their ass. Like, this could be anything. And he's still the best hooker. He scored 65 last week. That was with two force dropouts, though. So, not all in base, but it's dicey. But I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm My verdict is out on Cam Murray. Cam Murray not or Cam Harry Murray. Grant? My, I don't know. Sorry, I was looking at my notes. My verdict's out on Harry Grant. Yeah, I'm a bit cold on Grant. I, I'd rather see something before I go back there. You know, hookers, no one's really killing it at the moment. Like, probably Cook's the one that's doing the best at the moment, and he's about to go into the horror run. And, you know, outside of that, it's just up and down. Like, the the bloke that looks like the best hooker in the comps, Coruscant, I don't know if that's converting still to super coach points, but he's he's the best bloke that I like physically watching at the moment at hooker. Just just quietly, when I let, like, I don't know if you followed suit, but I think I sold Grant round 11, round 12. Uh, I got slated, absolutely flamed. Um, so happy that that one. We, sort of... we sold in the same week, yeah, actually. I, was, I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember you messaged me going, I'm doing this. And I quickly screenshotted my side and said, <laughs> really? I couldn't I couldn't remember if we both pulled the trigger, but turns out that was the right time to sell. But I am definitely looking at bringing him back this week. Um, we'll touch on trade talk later on, but I've got 450K in the bank and I'm trading Andrew Fafita to anyone. So, yeah, definitely looking at Harry Grant, and we, we will go from there. Um, the most soul is interesting. A couple a couple here that I can see, but there's one that's standing out to me that, that I don't understand. Um, number one is Tulatel Cooler. He is out for this game, as we've discussed before. Not looking like a season keeper, and there's probably better options, so I'm, I'm happy with that sell. Yeah, done his job. Moving on. Number two is Cody Walker. I also understand this sell. I don't think this is a rage trade whatsoever. Um I was a Cody Walker owner. I sold last week. Um, I, even if I held, I was never playing him um, last week. And I looked at his fixtures, and I think he's got one playable fix. Like, this is talking from my point of view with, like, I guess, a deeper squad. But he had one playable fixture in the run home. And I think that was like against the Broncos in like round 22 or something like that, or against the Titans or something, something like that. But I was always moving him on. Um for that, for the reason that he just didn't have the playability, and yeah, I would move on to Burton. I would still, I would still buy Drinkwater if you're looking to sell 
Walker, uh, Cam Munster. Like, there's just better five eighths than Cody Walker, and he is not really correlated. Like with Latrell, like the ball goes to Latrell, and then Latrell passes on, and then Latrell gets the points. It does- Cody's getting a try contribution, which is what six points or four points, something like that. It's just not correlating. Yeah, look, I 100% agree. There's actually, you mentioned it, so I'm just going to talk about it. You mentioned drink water. There's actually a movement of drink selling drink water. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's I, nuts. I Go. only I only include the top five most sold, but drink water was sixth, and we can touch on that one, once we finish five. We'll touch on drink water then, but yeah, I'm also right. out of it. Um, number three is the one that I'm I'm baffled by. It's Hamwa Olakwatu. Now, I know that he's out this week, People, One week. people are looking at last week, and I don't know if people didn't watch the game or whatever. They just looked at the score, but he busted his ankle in the like the fifteenth minute. Like he, it was he. He was shot. He was done. Um, yeah. They had they had no cover because I think Burbo went down very early, so Schuster had to come in, and I think Davey might have had a HIA from memory. Um, but yeah, like there was no cover for for Olakowatu. He was busted. Didn't take a hit up. They went Schuster side all night. I'm happy to forgive Olakowatu for that performance. This week he's out. Hey, that could be great. That could be great for him. Get that ankle right, and he's prime for prime for the run home in the finals. Like I would not be selling. I would say this is still the best, still the best two RF option in the game. He got folded like an accordion, and you got the order a little bit out. But Burbo went down seconds later. I think it was in the next set, and Davy went not long after that, and. At the time, Olakowatu was hopping around. Like, it didn't look like he was going to stay on the field. And as you said, it became a circumstantial thing. Once these other blokes got ruled out because of HIAs, Olakowatu had to stay on the field. And all he did, basically, was the best he could, which was tackle. Yeah, and that's, and that's hop- why they were hopping Schuster. around. Like, Schuster yeah. t- touched the ball some because they had to. Like, had no option down, down Olakowatu's side. And as you said, it's a blessing in disguise that he's sitting out this week because he very well could have gone out this week and done proper damage. Like we saw Pappy do it. Pappy went out the next week and played on an injury that he shouldn't have played on and went down. I think he did that twice this year. Yeah. Um, so him getting the time to rest that up, blessing in disguise. And as you said, he's probably the number one when it comes to, you know, guys in the second row um, on a good day, you know, well, sorry, on a bad day, normally take out injury. He's normally still going to get you about 65 points. Yeah. And then obviously he's got that massive Fafita type upside where you can give him, give him the ball and he can drag 10 players over that line for a try and score a ton. So yeah. there's no way I'd be pulling that trigger. And also if you believe in narratives, you know, he comes out after being like vilified on the internet and then like just brains it next week. I could definitely see that on the cards. Um, number four, Isaiah Tass. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Um, yep. So, yeah, well, <laughs> not much. To I'm say. gonna say this every South player. I'm gonna say the same thing. So, uh, and number five, Ezra Mam. Now, I'm assuming this is mo- being moved on to the likes of Burton, the likes of Munster. Um, they're the two most bought in the five eight slot. So, yeah, selling Ezra Mam on onto them. I think that's that's also a fine move. Yep, it's time. Mam's probably. I think I said it last week. Mam's just gonna be, you know, forty five to sixty pretty much week in, week out, I think, you know, short of him scoring the occasional try. So I think that's, you know, it's fine to hold and, and even play that week to week. But 
now that Reynolds is back, it's going to take a little bit away from his, you know, how much of the attack he gets. You know, he'll play more of the supporting cast role. So he's done his job. Move him on. Good afternoon. This is your captain speaking. As I said, <laughs> Manu and Teddy just straight up bang could be really interesting. Uh, I think I will pussy out though because I've got, I don't have a huge AE issue now. I'm trading out for feeder. So we're probably looking at taking out, I mean, we've got, Manu or, or Tedesco, I would lean towards Tedesco still with the fact that Manu is in the centres. If Manu was at six, I would go all over Manu. Um, but yeah, Teddy at fullback, I'm, I'm really trying hard not to pass up. Um, then you've obviously got Munster and Grant against the Warriors, both those two. I know the Storm haven't looked good, but you know, it's the Storm. You've still got, still got to back them. Uh, Cleary, I mean, Cleary got 75 points last week doing absolutely nothing. So you know, all he's got to do is get one or two try contributions or assists and, and he gets a triple-figure score. And then it's hard to pass up the the Cowboys boys again. Valentine Hones or, or Scott Drinkwater take your pick uh, against the Dragons. We saw what Teddy did to the Dragons last week. So hopefully Drinky's in for a, a bounce back. Uh, yes. So Teddy, 100%. If I trade him in this week, he'll be getting the VC. Uh, I think I'm going to captain Cameron Munster this week. Um, clear is the other option. I'll probably let weather decide which one that that is. You know, if it's going to keep raining in Sydney and it didn't rain today, well, actually it did rain today, but it didn't rain much today. Um, if it's dry, I think I'll go clear. As you said, he pisses out 70s when he does nothing. Um, otherwise, I'll, I think I'll just take a punt and go Cameron Munster. Last night, I, I like that. I think I'm leaning towards Teddy VC into Cleary C. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll assess from, from there. Um, but we will take a short two or three minute break. Hang tight. We'll come back. We'll answer some of your questions. We'll give our hot takes. We'll give our trade talks. And, um, yeah, what have we got? We got round, round 21, round 22, I think head to head final start. So definitely a, a very pivotal point of the season. Uh, but hang tight and we'll be back in yeah two minutes. All right, we are back. Um, just looking interesting, like I'm sure there'll be plenty of questions when it comes to Tarpany and Haas. Haas is 170k cheaper, averaging one point less considering how much of an injury affected season he's had and how good Tarpany's been. So something to note, I've seen a couple of questions in the chat asking re-buying Tarpany and selling the house for them. Payne Haas, you know, at 515k could be an option. Um, but let's move into... Some hot takes, my man, because last week I struck out, had Luttrell under 50. I think I had Fida 100 plus or something, and I had something else that definitely didn't hit. This week, though, we're going we're going three from three. Munster, Grant, and Hughes, 300 points plus. I hope so. Oh, boy. Because you, you, you own Hughes, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, yeah you own and he hasn't done a great deal for me, so... I suppose I, he could be a captain option as well for me. I could go really bold. Um, all right, that's one. What else you got? Or is I that have. Three? I've got drink drink water bounce back season with a with a seventy five plus. Just what Teddy did against the Dragons, man. Like drink water. I don't think he can be held down for too long. Like he's still, you know, if if, he, if Todd Payton doesn't bench him, hey, saving grace though is the Cowboys were all over that game, and then they brought drink water off, and then they considered two tries. Don't know if Todd Payton's thinking like that. But let's let's hope so, because I need drink water to be playing 80 minutes. And the last one, I've just got Angus Crichton over 80 points, which basically means him getting a try. Uh, he's not running at Hamwell. I think he's running at some bum. And, yeah, I just hope that uh, big forehead Angus can, uh, yeah, grab a meat pie, get me 80 points. All right. I'm going Teddy to go back-to-back. 
and I mean back to back. Yeah, look, plus. I assume. I assume, oh, one fifty. I was I was going to put Teddy in there, but I was just like, ah, uh, I feel like it's too predictable. If I'm going to put Teddy in there, I'm going to put him in there. One fifty. So Teddy's going. Teddy's going one fifty again this week. Love that. Uh, I've got David Fafita to score two tries. Love that. Against the Canberra Raiders. Love that. Um, yeah, he owes us. So let's hope so. Uh, and then finally. Oh, you, you said drink water already, so I'll skip that. I think drink water personally. I think it will go ninety plus. Oh, um, love that even more. Um, yeah, look, like I went went to say it earlier. If you look last time when he got that twelve points against Penrith or whatever it was, look at how, what he did after that. He went on a run for like a month where he scored like really well. Well, last week was his bad game. They've got a shit easy draw coming up. I wouldn't be selling. If anyone is selling and I'm an owner, I'd be rubbing my fingers together. Uh, and finally, I've got Josh Adokar scoring a hat-trick this week against uh, the Newcastle Knights. Look, I've seen plenty of JAC love in, in like, you know, along the, the space. For super coach? Yeah, people looking to buy. I just, I just, every year. Like scores four tries and scores 90 points. Like, I can't. No, thank you. Like, I like, I love watching the Blake, but as a super coach owner in non-Melbourne Storm, no, not for me. Even even the Melbourne Storm in the like, yeah, he he will go on a run, but like, I just I don't it's, see it at the Dogs. It's it's like it's intercept tries or it's kicks from Burton. Like without at Melbourne, breaks. it was Munster or Pappenhausen throwing thirty meter cutout balls, so he'd get a line break assist and a try. So if he did get a hat trick, he'd have a big day. So just it's not really comparable. Still no updates on um, the Fanukan case. He's up. His lawyer is speaking now, but that's all I've got. Um, yeah, so hopefully we get some insight. Uh, let's move into some trade talks. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to report a trade. Are you making any? Uh, look, I, I wasn't going to, but with Olakowatu now out, um, I'm pretty thin. Like, I, I think I'd be playing too. I think I'd be playing Aaron Booth and Pole or... Grant Anderson or, or something like that. So I think I will. I think I'll just get it over and done with uh, so that you can just talk about your trades for the rest of the season. No, mate. I think I'm just... Th- this will be the last week I'm making any as well. So <laughs> next week will be a pretty pretty short and sharp segment. Neck minute. Um, Supercoach is a fun, funny game like that. I wouldn't say that. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> I, no, I mean, I, I touch wood. I'm only going to make them barring injury. Uh, touch wood. Um, I hey- earned Ponga this season for a solid six minutes and he scored me a solid six points and I think I'm going to turn Ponga up to Tedesco. I've been very blessed with injuries this year, thankfully. Um, look, I know we didn't mention it, but Aaron Clark's been named at, at 13 again. Great to see. Great to see Tino being moved to the front row. Everyone knows my anti-Tino agenda at 13. I think Tino's a great front row forward, not a good 13. Aaron Clark, 84, 74 last week. Named at twelve, named at thirteen, four hundred and fifty k. I know it's 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 rogue, but hey, you need a hooker or you need some some like some like hooker coverage. Maybe could be a could be a move if you want need the, a hooker if you named Darren. Um, look, uh, yeah, most people by now have only got a handful of trades, so that's why I say I don't like it. Um, but you know if. If you're a bold risk taker and you've, you've got a handful, like my wife's got ten trades left, for example. So your your wife, like her, your 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 wife. No, nah, it's it's not my team. She was one of the people I told to uh, sit Olakwatu last week, so she wasn't happy with me. But I did tell her to trade Val Holmes, so maybe that kind of somewhat evened it up. It didn't. She abused the fuck out of me. But um, 
Sorry, uh, Lachlan Harris in the chat has made a very good point. Please explain why Anderson wouldn't be a good play versus the dodgy Warriors. Edward Cossey has been named for the Warriors, and if I can remember last time the, the Storm played the Warriors, uh, Xavier Coates scored five, or scored four or five, and I was I was on cloud nine, so Grant Anderson could be a play. Just quietly. Yep, I'll play, play him over Aaron Booth. What a man. Um, as for my trades, as I said, we've got 450,000 big ones in the bank, and we have a lovely front row forward named Aaron, uh, Aaron named Andrew Fafita doing absolutely sweet FA. Um, I've held him for 20 rounds, and now is the time to move him on. But the question is, who do we move him on to? I can basically get anyone that isn't a halfback, 5'8", or fullback. So I can get a hooker, a front row forward, a center wing, or a 2 RF. And my options I was looking at were Harry Grant for the positional advantage, nope. Payne Haas for the safe points, but kind, boring. Of, kind of boring, Cameron Murray for you know just overall increasing my team's attractiveness, and Pass. center wing Adam Dewey. I was looking at Adam Dewey just as a as a buy, but I think I'm leaning towards Harry Grant. You know they've got the Warriors, they've got the Titans. You know both those forward packs aren't you know notorious for being you know good. So Harry my, could just run right. <laughs> Whoever you tell my me, answer is Val Holmes, but I really like that that way he call. Whoever um, you tell me to buy, I'm I'm definitely not getting them. But why? My advice is good. It's what I. It's what you follow through. It's what you follow through. It's what I do for my team. That's terrible. The advice I give is fantastic. Yeah, Val could be an option because what I'd do is I would move, I would trade for Fido out, move Max King up, and then move Tago up to two RF. But like my, my two RF is just kind of really really weak. So I was thinking of trading out Andrew Fafita, moving Max King up, then moving one of Cotter or McInnes down, and that just boosts up a center wing number. But I don't know, like. Harry Grant, I just feel like we're on the cusp of like him just exploding. I don't know. Maybe he's just got some or, some origin come down, but uh, I don't know. Is Max King still getting fifty five a week? Yeah, Max King's fine. I'm not trading Max King. Yet. I'm just moving him from from two RF to um, front row forward just because I've got no front row forward cover. Mm. Like right now, my bench is Pole and Andrew Fafita, and if Tarpany or IPAP go down, I'm I'm, I'm royally shafted. So yeah, moving Max King back up is is fine. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. I think who who I is think... your second row? Oh, good. I, I can't even tell you. That's how thin it is. Um, you got Crichton, Olakowatu. No, I don't have Olakowatu. I faded him. I faded him, so I was very happy with that. Um, it's Adam okay. Elliott as as front row, a second row, second row forward number one. Uh, David Fafita. Sounds unattractive, but it's not. It's really not. Uh, Adam Elliott, David Fafita, Angus Crichton, and Mitch Barnett, who, who's, his stocks are actually looking a lot better now. He's back on the edge. Um which isn't awful, but like if we move Cotter down, then I've got like a bench of Cotter and Barnett, which I think is good cover. Uh, and then I've got Grant McKinnis up top if I get Grant in. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I've only really got bit Mitch Barnett as cover, which isn't ideal in the two RF. Who's your Who's your hooker at the moment? McInnes like, and like pre and Cotter pre pre trades it's McKinnis Cotter. Post trades it it'd be you know Cotter or McKinnis and Grant, and then whoever is one of the two would just go down a second row. I just I, I don't I, I like Grant. I just think like. I just watch Melbourne and I, I literally go through like manic depression. Just kind of like I don't own Grant. Like he just gives me like anxiety. Like I mean, like just watching him. I know he's I know he's scoring F all recently, but like he could be just like oh. And I don't know. Like his ownership his ownership is huge. And if he goes big, I'm kind of bent over. You got Val Holmes right. Fifty eight, fifty nine. No, no, I'm, oh. I'm going through him. So 58 and 59 against Melbourne and Penrith, two of the best defensive sides in the comp. And Melbourne was – that we're going back a while for Melbourne. It wasn't when they were <laughs> this in was the, good, Melbourne. the pits of doom. And then you've got 
a 65, a 99, an 86, and a 119 with the Dragons, Bulldogs, Roosters, Warriors, and then South Penrith. I just worry that that 119 was such an outlier. But why? Because it's been done once all year. It's been around 99 the week before. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm struggling. Like, I don't want to say on the podcast what my trades are. Like last week, I said it was Val Holmes, and I pushed it out. I, I don't. I don't think I've stuck to a single trade all year. I don't know. I, I personally, I just feel like, is there even any point trading if you're not going to get someone that is going to give you more than what you're trading? Oh, and you know, I'm, like... I'm I'm trading, but I'm trading for feeder out. Like, I'm not trading, you know, some borderline gun. I'm trading Andrew for feeder because I've got 400k in the bank. And I'm getting another gun in just for more depth. So it's just a question of who. Um, it's yep, yeah, mm. Val. You brought Val to my attention. You know, like Val, um, Harry Grant, Cameron Murray. Probably. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm probably not looking at Payne Haas because it's such a such a uh, pick. Let me just have you, I'm actually you talk. Gonna, I'm, I'm just going to have a look up, at Grant. I'm going to pull up center wings like and, and who we got. Like Val Holmes is currently the sixth highest averaging center wing, and that includes Sean Russell and Richie Kenner. So take those two out, and he is the fourth highest average with a 66. So How are you worried about him then? No, no, I'm, 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 but what I'm saying is he's averaging 66 as the fourth best center wing. Center wings this year haven't been as, as big as what we think they are, whereas like someone like Harry Grant in a quote-unquote down period, he's still averaging 76. Hold on. He hasn't... Grant hasn't scored a good score since round nine, and yes, he has... Uh, I mean, he's he got... He has two easy games he's got, coming up, but then he's got Penrith, Broncos, Roosters, Parramatta to finish. That's a key period of the season for you with your rank. Like, he's got 62, 66, 37, 78, 51, 49, 58. Like, that's not groundbreaking scores. No, but it's 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 what, what he can do. And as as a hooker, like, 104, 138. Like, show, show, me, show me a hooker. Hell, show me a show me a front row forward that's going to get me 138 points, and he's safe. Like it's not like I'm buying a drink water who's going to cheer me out of 30. Like I don't know. Like, and if you guys are listening, I'd really want to hear your thoughts because we're obviously ranked 173rd. That's nice. It's nothing to write home about. I'd love to be single figures. Um, maybe maybe throwing the dice at a Dewey or maybe throwing the dice at a at a Val Holmes would be the better play because it's it's the high upside pick. But just watching like watching Melbourne Storm games. I just feel like Harry Green is so close to a breakthrough. Like, it's just, it's really, really frustrating. I'm sure it's frustrating as owners to watch. As someone that's not owning, it's just, I'm watching, like, peeling my fingers back. It's it's really tough, man. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's tough. This is the first time all year I've had plans. I've had just a, a, a rigid plan every week. And Harry Green was always in my final trade plans. But he hasn't shown me, you know, that he's knocking down the door. And the only reason I'm stressing so much is because this is my last trade. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not out of trades, but this is the last trade that I want to make. I'm going to have two trades just, le- left after this week, and I want to use those in rounds 25 when my team gets decimated because coaches rest half their half their squads. I'm going to throw one more jab, and then I'll, I'll let go, let it go. But all I'll say is, is that your final plans were probably based on Melbourne when Melbourne not were a top sucking two side, ass, <laughs> which Melbourne are not a top two side anymore, and they've lost. I, I think the key piece of their side is Ryan Pappenhausen, and he's gone. That's my yeah, last Yeah, but Harry Grant jab. doesn't need Pappenhausen, though. Like, Harry Grant thrives off quick play the ball and then just bombing through the middle. You say that, but when did Pappenhausen get injured? I think you'll find it was roughly about round nine. Yeah, but I'm also I'm also happy to, 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 to discredit that because, you know, Grant has just gone through being, 
like in origin. Like obviously, and it also had the the, the niggles. So I'm sure that he he, ha- he hasn't been 100 percent the last couple of weeks. I don't know. Like his runs are still there. It's looking very good. It's, it's part of like if if any of you play FPL, uh, you know the XG or the XA. If if we had like expected line breaks or expected points, I'm sure Harry Grants are through the roof, and it's just not correlating right now. And I don't want to miss out. I just worry that like. I don't know if I'm not. Yeah, like I said, the only reason I'm stressing is because like this is my last trade that I plan on making unless injuries happen. So we will. Yeah, not sure. Someone said a Cowboys side that lost to the Tigers. That is right, Craig Bellamy. That is right, mate. They lost. Overturn the decision, Valandis. Um, but that's enough waffling for us. Let's answer a couple of questions before we round up. And uh, yeah, you, look, you know where to find me uh, on my socials if you want to hit me up with some trade suggestions or you know follow what I've actually done before we we finish up. Um, but a couple do <laughs> is Max King to Payne Haas sideways. Uh, who do we think averages more from now on to the finals? So first things first, Max King to Payne Haas. I think that's going to net you twenty points. Personally, I think Max, uh, not 20. I think I might, might net you 15 points a game. Yeah, I was going to say that's 10 to 15 point average increase for Haas over Max King. So if you think, what, six weeks? So 30, 60, 90 points, if I can do my math on top of my head. So if you think 90 points is better off between now and the run home, then obviously it's not sideways. And do, who do we think averages more from the season end, Burton or Munster? Oh. That's tough oh. because Munster's, Munster I'm, Munster has the Warriors, Titans. You know that could be two hundred and fifty points there. Panthers, Broncos, Roosters, and then maybe doesn't maybe doesn't play around twenty five against Parramatta. Whereas Burton, you would expect Burton to play sort of week in week out. Their draw coming home, it looks like Newcastle, then the Cowboys, then the Warriors, then the Pan uh, Parramatta, the Sharks, and Manly in twenty five. So I would say draw wise. Burton has the much better draw and probably the upside of playing round 25, whereas Cameron Munster might not. The Dogs could win every one of those games. I'm saying Burton. Is it, is it a hot take to say Burton? I actually don't mind that call. Like, there is a rest factor. Maybe Munster doesn't get that rest because Melbourne Suck. could potentially be fighting. They could be fighting for seventh or eighth spot. Oh, that's no! Nah, come on, that's 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 too outlandish. I was thinking fighting for fourth. <laughs> You're sitting fighting for seventh. Come on, it's pretty tight, man. No. Like, I think third all the way down to ninth or something. are all on twenty four points. Like, there's well, not sorry, that's not correct. But there's there's two tiers of that eight, and it's really congested, and a couple of losses, and you you could drop. So let's say they're fighting for fifth or sixth, but. You know, yeah, look, you obviously want that's them a to home, obviously that's still a home final. Um, no, but you want them top four. No they, they get the second chance then, so they're obviously pushing for top four. Um, I would actually even still, I'd still, I'd still say Burton. But then again, like like I said, Munster could definitely come out and score two hundred and fifty points in the next two weeks. Like that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, I currently have two trades left. Do I save them or go Cody Walker and Max King to Cameron Murray and Payne Haas? <sighs> I think it's really dependent on squad. Like, do you need to play Cody? I, I was happy to not trade Cody because I didn't have to play him. Um, but, like, do you have to play them? So, Cody Walker and Max King, it's hard to give a, a, an estimate on Cody because he could go for 15 or he could go for, you know, 110. But as I said earlier, they've got one playable matchup in the run home for me personally, if I had the choice. Um, Cam Murray, I think he's a safe 65 you know, pushing upwards of 100 if you get to try, paying half safe 70. So it, I think it really depends. Like if you need, if you're in like a, if you're in, 
you know, 10th place in your head-to-head comps, you need points. I don't think Payne Haas is the guy that you need to be chasing. I think you need to be going with upside. Um, if you're ranked, you know, 1,200th and you're pushing for a top 1K spot, you want upside. Like, really, at the, at the end of the day, do you feel better about yourself saying, hey, I finished 1,200th or, hey, I finished 1,900th? You know, I'd much rather... Uh, to me, that's no no difference. Um, I would I would risk it to try and get into the top 1K. I'd risk it to try and get into head-to-head finals rather than playing it safe with uh, Cam Murray and Payne Haas. That's just my two cents. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Oh, look, I go hard. I was happy to finish 40K if as long as I had a crack along the way. I said I was going to pot up. I potted up and they all went down injured the next week and... Here we that's, are, that's but just, I tried. Yeah, and I, I like when, when we talk preseason next year, I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, last year, you know, whatever. Like, it is what it is. You have good years, you have bad years, and sometimes your calls don't pay off. So, whatever call you're going to make, just back yourself. If you feel like you need a differential, get yourself a differential. If you feel like you want your differential to be making the right captains or picking the right reserves and then picking safe players, that's an option too. And you can make ground doing it both ways, but you just need to, what I would do is I'd get a pen and paper. I'd write down a projected score in your mind that you think that that person and, will score and against be, all be, the sides be, be fair. and compare them. Be fair. Don't come out and say, oh, I think Monster's going to average 100 for the run home. We all know that's not going to happen. So be fair. No. Because, for example, I, I think Cody Walker will average under 45 As for the rest of the season. And that probably sounds like I'm bashing him, but we can look at we can look at this in eight weeks' time, and I could be right or I could be wrong. It just depends on, well, it depends on what happens, I guess. But everyone's got their opinion. Write your opinion down on what you think they'll score, and pick the combination or, or compare the combination. If it's if it's two hundred and fifty points versus two hundred and sixty points, well, it's not worth a trade. But if one of them's three fifty and one's two fifty, then it's worth the trade. Yeah, it's it comes down to what you need for your team and what you expect, you know, t- to get out of it. As I said, like if you're if you're in twelve hundredth and you're you know a couple hundred points outside the top one k, finishing top one k is cool. You know, it's something that people look look forwards. No one's gonna look at your rank any like if you if you like play it safe and finish twelve hundredth. I'd much rather risk it and finish you know two thousandth than, than like going going for glory. So I don't know. Maybe I'm different because like I'm trying to push for the top one hundred. It's hard. It's this is the thing about Supercoach. Like some of you guys are playing for cash comps, some of you guys are playing for head to head, some of you are playing for overall rank. It's it's tough. So I think you need to work out what your priorities are because you've only got two or three weeks now to work them out if you're a head to head player. And you need to assess where you're at and then go from there. Um Aman is in the chat. He makes a really, really good point, I feel here. Burton is the two thousand and twenty two version of Dewey. Goal kicking five eighth pod playing for a really bad team. Like we saw Adam Dewey brain it coming home last year, and I think Burton could be the, the exact same this year. You know, Bulldogs are just starting to click a little bit more as well, like as the weeks go by. Yeah, I'm I'm all for Burton. And I actually don't mind the Dewey, like the Dewey option either. The Tigers have shown some moments recently where they show a little bit of form. They don't know how to put 80 minutes together yet. Um, that, that, but, but that doesn't matter for Supercoach. You just need, you need, you know, one or two five-minute bursts because that can rack you up 60 points pretty quickly, especially as a playmaker. I was getting to that, but the points for the Tigers, they seem to come through Dewey. So, you know, if they do have their, their 40 minute burst, like they did against the Cowboys, you just need to hope that Dewey's the one that's involved in that. And I think he would be because they're lacking in talent and it's either going to come from him or Hastings. Last question today and it comes from Braden. And I, he's, he's put it as a one part question, but I'm going to break it into a two part question. He's, his question is Murray Burton or Val this week. And would you be trading at Max King or Will Kennedy to do it? I'm going to break that down. If you're on Will Kennedy, do you hold? 
because the Sharks now come into that really good run that we've spoken about. Could be a good pod to have for your head-to-head finals. Um, or other guys like Luttrell and, and Tedesco, like just too good to pass up. Always will Kendi a viable pod to have for the run home. Uh, simple answer. Kennedy's not worth it because it's the most valuable position in Supercoach and he's simply not going to have the same output as the top ceiling guys. Yep, that's fair. Okay, so if we've established that Will Kennedy isn't isn't the guy to trade home, would you rather hold Will Kennedy or would you rather hold Max King? I'd hold Max King because you know Max King's going to give you about 55 every week. You don't really know what Will Kennedy's going to give you. And the last, well, let's say four to six weeks has proven that even if the Sharks have the easiest of draw, of, of of a run, it doesn't ensure that Will Kennedy is going to score tries and score big points. He's only been scoring about 50 points a week. You can get that. You know Max King's going to give you that every week. So why not turn around and go, you know what? If Val's your guy, you mentioned Val there. Well, you know, Val's the fourth highest, you know, center this season. Val's scored 99 and 119 or whatever it is in the last two weeks. That's higher upside for me. I also just want to raise a point that Michael Gibson has made. Uh, he says, do we drop a lot of SC points due to missed goals? Now, if I can, if I can count... Um, I think a goal kicker has to kick at 33% to break average. So I think you get four points for a conversion and you miss two for a miss. So he can make one, miss two, and you still break even. So as long as your goal kicker is kicking more than 33%, you're breaking even on that. So that's just something to keep a note on. Um, but that's going to round out round 20. Jesus, we're flying through the rounds. Round 20, uh, we are out of here. Uh, I've been the SC Whisperer, coach of the Ramsey Resurgence, joined as always by Bruski. Uh, Coach the Brew World Order, my friend, I will see you Sunday night. We're going to wrap this up. We're going to wrap up Tedesco scoring, you know, 200 points, and we're all going to loop that. Hell yeah. And this week, I'm going to own him to do it. <laughs> all right, guys. Take take care. Be safe. Have a good one. See ya. Ciao for now, guys. Bye. All right, man. All good. Yeah. It's, all right. You know when you... You know when you're trying to talk, but you're also trying to think about what you're about to say yeah, and you hard. just mash the words up? I did that a couple of times that I'd... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 